I'm not going to say I'm not excited, but I'm not like invested in whether I'm going to like it or not. So I'm, you know, Here's I'm, the I'm, deal. I'm curious. The good thing about this is Black Adam gives the Snyder fans what they want. The yes. anti-hero. Yeah. Somebody who's goes buck wild. And yeah. I'm good for that. I yeah. you know, that's who Black Adam is. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. And the fact that they're pushing to bring Superman back in like a, a real Superman. Heroic. Maybe we're going to get an authentic Superman yes. and not Snyder's yeah. like dark ass version of Superman. That's what it feels like just from the costume change. The the photo I saw, the still image, it didn't look desaturated like, you like, know. I was about to say, it's not going to look like Andor. <laughs> And welcome to a new Popsicle Pop-Up. This is a regular series that we do here at Popsicle Podcast, where we break down stories that we, for whatever reason, just couldn't resist talking about. Uh, basically, uh, it means that one or more of us has been dying to talk about it because we liked it that much. Today's Popsicle Pop-Up is about Andor on Disney+, Plus, created by Tony Gilroy. Um, and a sequel of sorts to the relatively well-received film Rogue One. Or prequel. Prequel. Uh, it is, yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. yes. Prequel yeah. of sorts. Yes. You're right. Yeah. Um, uh, today, it's just me and Philip. It's oh. just me and hey. Philip. Yeah, just chilling. Um, you know, no women chaining us <laughs> down. No, just kidding. <laughs> of course. Um, uh. We actually were going to have one of the ladies here, but uh, at the last minute, she had to, re she couldn't make it, and we decided to go on with that. Yeah. Um, and so this is a pop-up, so it's gonna be quick. So let's just dive right into it, shall we? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Um, so I was re-watching it this morning at a god-awful early hour. Yeah. And really, really looking at it and pausing and taking notes and stuff, and something really stuck out to me. Okay. And that was, and maybe it's because we just finished doing Rings of Power yeah. in our latest that episode was, but this show has a lot in common with Rings of Power. Uh, like Rings of Power, it follows a lot of characters over multiple storylines. Mm -hmm. um, more than that, though, like Rings of Power, it's taking two relatively minor ancillary characters from the canon and building around them. You know, yeah. whereas yeah. Rings of Power did basically Elrond and Galadriel, this is doing Cassian Andor and Mon Mothma. Yeah, and. We had our issues with Rings of Power. Indeed. And I would dare say we have none of those issues with Andor. None. None of the same issues. No, no, um, I have no issues with Andor, really. I Honestly, I, I don't think I do either. Yeah. I'm uh, continually impressed by it. Uh, I'm continually surprised by it. It's interesting. I find a lot of their choices are things that I don't find surprising at all. Mm-hmm. Insofar as not to say that I'm predicting what would happen because that's right. not happening at all. Right. Simply that everything that happens makes so much fucking sense. Oh, it makes so much. Well, that's the thing. It makes so much sense. But at the same time, I have no idea what's going to happen next. Oh, like they, for sure. like stuff here. is whatever happens next is going to surprise me because I literally and, and you're bringing up this rings of power thing. You know, we rings of power was all about creating a sense of what's going to happen. But you didn't have a good sense of who the characters were and what they wanted. And I feel like with this, that's the opposite. It's immediately coming into it. We know what all the characters want right 
away straight up front right and even knowing that like the character that stands out to me right now is uh cyril Mm -hmm. the uh the former corpo supervisor yeah who got embarrassed trying to arrest andor yeah his job and now his mom is hooking oh my god are hooking him up (laughs) at some you know imperial dredgery factory right you know and this guy like this guy screams incel to me. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And yet, he also, he's such a square by the book kind of guy. Yeah. And the fact that he clearly got, he got this position through nepotism and corruption, like his new boss is like, we're going to rewrite your history to yeah. justify giving you this job. I'm almost starting to suspect is this guy going to end up being a rebel? That's what I was thinking too. Like, yeah, he's such a straight shooter that he's going to see how corrupt everything is and just, yeah, be pushed the opposite way, which is it, crazy. It's, it's possible, you yeah. know, like he, or he could become an ISB asset and that right. would make sense also. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there are, it's such a varied and rich environment, much like Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. The Star Wars galaxy is a hugely rich environment that they are using to its fullest extent. Yeah. Um, and every character, like you said before, every character, I know who they are. I know what they want and what yeah. they're going after. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, Cassian, you know, from jump, we are led to believe this is a guy who just wants to look out for his people. Right. You know, he's looking for his sister and he wants to care for his mother. Mm-hmm. And he even includes among his people B2EMO. Yeah. You know, um, which is one of the characters that has just touches me right in my heart because, well, th- they framed B2 as this sort of special needs droid. Mm-hmm. You know, he's old and beat down and yeah. he's not all all there completely. You know, right. he's kind of simple. Right. Um, And, but it like opens your heart in like, you know, because... Andor clearly has affection for him mm-hmm. and still relies on him and yeah. doesn't demean or belittle him or, you right. know what I mean? Right. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> to me. It's crazy <laughs> to me how, how clearly defined every character is. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I even felt that with, th- there are characters that are with us for only a couple episodes. You know, there there was uh, the jealous boyfriend. Um, I can't think of his name. Uh, Tim. Tim. Tim yep, yeah. Who, uh, you know, ratted Tim out Carlo. Andor. Yeah. There is uh, obviously the crew that Andor goes, uh, you know, with to, you know, the robbery, the heist kind of storyline. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. How, how much we get to know all of these characters that are just with us for two episodes and what they want and what they desire. And it not only tells us about who those characters are, but it fills in what the landscape of the world looks like right now, where we're at, as far as the sort of kind of general chaos that's being created with the empire coming into power and all the different ideas and mentalities that are sort of, you know, coming out from this sort of shifting of, of, of the world that we're seeing. There's no doubt. This is the clearest look we've gotten thus far at what the world under a tyrannical empire looks like. Mm-hmm. For an everyday Joe. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? For someone yeah. who's not a freaking superhero. All know? the people toiling away. Uh yeah, we're not we're not seeing this from a hero or a villain's perspective, really. Just kind of the 
uh, the the everyday person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, and you know, these are people who are willing to work hard to, to make a living and also kind of willing to cheat on their taxes. Like yeah. the average everyday person. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Right. Not, not, not heroic necessarily, except in the sense that everyday people are heroic, you know, yeah. and not, uh, but not evil, you know, yeah. just doing what they can. Yeah. And it's, it's refreshing to see the world in this light, mm-hmm. you know, because if you look at the original trilogy, if they if the Empire didn't say things like dark side of the force and didn't do things like name their troops stormtroopers, right, we wouldn't necessarily know they were evil. Right. Like the only everyday life we see in the original trilogy is Luke Skywalker on the farm. Mm-hmm. And they don't seem to be suffering for under imperial oppression. No. No. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, that's not a fault. I'm not faulting the original right. Star Wars for that, you right. know, because that's not what the story is about. You know, right. it's Star Wars has traditionally been, and I would dare say right up until Andor, even Rogue One mm-hmm. is a tale of breathless, you know, high stakes adventure. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And this is not that, mm-hmm. you know, there have been a couple of really cool, meaningful action sequences. Yeah. But for the most part, this is a a look at the world, a character study, and yeah. and yet it's the most tense I've ever felt watching a Star Wars. Well, let's just talk adventure. about the last like seven or eight minutes of this last episode, right? Where it breaks from the the tone a little bit, although it still keeps with the tone. Like right. the music changes drastically. The like every you know he, we're on. You're talking about when planet. he goes to Niamos. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The, tourist, the, the vacation the planet. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like and and we're we're we see uh, shore troopers is what they're called, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> like they're they're hanging out. Yeah, I love it. Um, and, and the that's like everyday life right there. I'm going on vacation. I'm doing this. I'm getting away, and we see the the empire encroaching on even this. Like there, there's literally no escape from it. Uh, and and just like what you were saying, Justin is this is like affecting the everyday people, everyday life. It, it, it's not going to go away. It's an infestation at this point now. And I, I love it. I love it. Did you notice? So Cassian basically gets arrested in yeah. the last five minutes of the yeah. episode <laughs> yeah. for sweating, like yes. literally for sweating. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, did you notice what the guy before him in court was getting prosecuted for? I remember hearing it. I don't remember now what it was. Literally. He is, he is getting sentenced for um for his dog pooping right yes yes that's yes <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous just yeah. like yeah it, it's a police state it's uh unhinged uh it's insanity yeah it, and it's, it's tyranny it's fascist yeah. tyranny yeah. Yeah. and it's the sort of and it's if if someone's gonna get sent to jail mm-hmm. for his dog pooping that sounds an awful like like making sure the trains run on time yeah Exactly. You know oh, saying? you don't. You don't and look more right to me as a person. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah, I'm gonna and trump up some charges on you. I just. Well, the the line. Uh, this used to carry a six month sentence. Yeah. Now it's six years. You're like yeah. the fuck. <laughs> I mean, it was so amazing, and yeah. you're right because the tone, totally, the music had changed. Yeah. So much, like it became this upbeat. Yeah. You know, and and then 
like all of a sudden, and we so we know time has passed. We don't know how much, but we know enough time has passed. Yeah, that freaking Cassian is hooked up with some chick. You know. Yeah. And there's this rich texture added to things, making this place feel real. First of all, like they're shot in some real place in the UK that mm-hmm. look, you know, for that that oh, yeah. looks wild. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, and she's basically got go pick up stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like gross. I couldn't tell if she was asking for groceries or drugs. Yeah. But it still felt real. Yeah. The greeny green ones, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. liked him too, you know, like right, right. It's so grounded. I and what I'm what I'm seeing in the way that the, the show is shot is that there aren't a lot of ex- like close-ups on people, which I feel like are often used in really high intense situations or really intimate situations. The camera kind of keeps its distance from the action a lot. Uh, oh, as people yeah. as people come and go and, and leave frame or you know and and there's something about that as well and the way it's shot that really makes it feel lived in. Like you're actually, like these characters are in these spaces. They're not experiencing things in the way characters in other Star Wars films have, you know, it, it really Although does separate it. That that sense of lived inness has always yeah. been a trait of Star Wars mm-hmm. in the sense that where Star Trek is, everything has always looked clean and brand new. Sure, yeah, yeah. And Star Wars has always been a little grimy. You know, yeah, a little, yeah. you know, totally. a little used. You totally, know? yeah. Um, but the real big departure here from Star Wars as it has been on TV thus far is that they're not using the volume that John Favreau and team came up with mm-hmm. to create environments for the Mandalorian and everything mm-hmm. thereafter. You yeah, know? yeah. They are using, I mean, they are, every place is a location. Yeah. You know, um, and it's impressive that because Disney's committed to this through the end of the series. They've, they're committed to both seasons. All 12 episodes all of each episodes. season. That's yeah, all 24 episodes total. Yeah. Insane, which is great. Um, so the uh, the consensus of this show, and we're sort of already touching on it now, you know, is that this is Star Wars for adults. Right. And that's not necessarily unfair, even though it is a bit simplistic. Mm-hmm. But... Um, and I, like I said, Star Wars has traditionally been this sort of, you know, pulse pounding adventure, so to speak. And, you know, and even though Star Wars is very thematic, theme is not on your mind, you know, right. but here it really is, you know. And if the themes of Star Wars are family and good versus evil, which I've always kind of claimed that's what Star mm-hmm. Wars is about. This is about those same themes especially in this episode, you know, and it might be more about chosen family than family by blood. Right. Um, But it is about family and it is about good versus evil, but it's about how that good and evil are not so clear cut. Right. I mean, the perfect example is that guy, Cyril, who I mentioned before, Mm -hmm. the corpo supervisor, he's looking for a murderer. Yeah. That's not evil. No, you know what I'm saying? No, and and the way he's going about it is pretty on the up and up too. Pretty by the book, yeah. Even though he seems really like <laughs> skeevy, you yeah. know, like yeah. I said, he comes off yeah. like an incel. No, he's you know? a he's like a tone. He's a Tony Gilroy character, like you know what I mean. He feels yeah. like he's stepping out of a Michael Clayton, you know, movie. Right, and, right, and right, so right. so is the uh, uh, 
the I, I don't know her name the the woman that's uh in the empire as well and sort of fighting her way up oh and dedra dedra yes also oh. very much a tony gilroy character well i love ever her was too, one. man she's amazing I mean, how is it that I'm rooting for a member of the ISB? Yeah, right. You know, I want to like, see her win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, and I even asked myself in my notes. I said, because of the way they're setting up, could she eventually become a rebel, or is it just good characterization that's making me like her? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because she is not playing by the book. She is. No. She is definitely playing fast and loose with the rules to get results. Yeah. Um. But she also, she displays a certain tolerance that other people don't. Mm -hmm. Like she remember in the scene where she comes across that attendant who's asleep on the job, his uniform's mm -hmm. unbuttoned, he can't figure out whether to call her sir or ma'am, yeah. you know, and she is firm with him, but she never punishes him. Yeah, she's not cruel about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's these could be the kinds of people who become rebels because after all our introduction to Cassian Andor here and in Rogue One is that this is a guy who will murder you. Yeah. He will murder you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, you know, if you're a threat to him. Yeah. You know, um, those two, the two guys in the opening episode had it coming. They were, oh, you know, for sure. Yeah. On a certain level. Yeah. And he didn't mean to kill the first guy. Right. You know, um, but you know, our hero is a murderer. Mm -hmm. Our villains are the people hunting murderers. Yeah, and that means that I mean, this is a show about shades of gray. Yeah, you know, um, which Star Wars has never really been. I mean, the grayest characters traditionally are freaking Han Solo and Boba Fett. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, and Boba Fett's becoming better mm -hmm. and han solo you know was never that great to begin with <laughs> right yeah and in this we see andor refusing the call like over and over again oh yeah like he is not oh, yeah like when um i i love the actor and i, I I'm, I'm i can't remember the character's name again uh the mother character to him oh marva martha played by you, fiona yes. shaw yeah fiona by shaw comparable is, fiona, fiona shaw. shaw is amazing oh um, my god the the look of just her wanting to stay there to fight you know what i mean to, to help the rebels any way she can there is it so is... much love and passion in yes. that scene with her yes. but please continue sorry no that's what i was going to say is that you see this distinct difference between her and andor and and she even says it she she says you know you've been through so much like get out of here and live your life i'm you know you didn't have a choice really in in where you ended up you know, I'm gonna fight yeah. you. You just do your thing. That's fine. Like she that's knows. Such a it's mother such to a son thing to say too. It is. And in watching this, you know, we know where it ends up. We know what happens in Rogue One and then in Star Wars. Right. I have no idea how all these pieces are gonna fit together. No. To get there, and and it's so intriguing to me that I honestly don't care. <laughs> like, no, like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, right. I'm really yeah. curious, but like I would, I, I would like to know. That'd be nice if it all does. But at the same time, I'm really just enjoying watching all of these characters go about their day, in a sense. Yeah, me too. And there's, it's hypnotic. And, and it's more because every storyline is filled with tension. Yeah. What is Cyril gonna do? What is Dedra gonna come uncover? 
-hmm. you know is cassie gonna get caught is marva gonna die you know what i'm saying like uh, all of these characters even in their everyday lives are walking a razor's edge yeah um and to get back to cassie and marva for just a second has any star wars entry ever dealt with the love between two people in a more mature way in a more brilliantly executed way she's like go and find peace and he says i won't have peace i'll be worried about you all the time and she replies that's just love nothing you can do about that yeah and she has tears in her eyes that don't fall and i was like what am i watching i was like this you know like i mean star wars has traditionally dealt with love and in in a romantic sense, honestly. Yes, and, yeah. and 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 not in the like, certainly not in the subtlest or most achingly beautiful of ways. Not in the ways right that create that elicit empathy in the audience. Right, you know. But that I felt for Cassian and Marva in that scene. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And especially knowing that Cassian, because there's. Marva doesn't know that Cassian is the one who pulled off the job on yeah. Aldani. Yeah. She's inspired by what he did, and that's the last thing he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's freaking amazing, amazing work. Well, just the scene where he goes to see his ex. You know, um, again, I'm not remembering Bix. a name. Bix, thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm obsessed that, with these characters, and I've, I've, no, got, I've got them all. Yeah, they're good. That, that that's going to help me. Then, thank you. Uh, when he goes to see Bix for the last time at least that we see so far right. it's hard it's a heartbreaking scene like genuinely yeah. there's yeah. so much so little said and his sort of wow uh okay kind of reaction you're just like mm-hmm. you're kind of crushed yeah like his actions have turned his world completely upside down and and you can't go back to that and and, and that's that's where change that's where change comes from right mm-hmm. that's where a character like this starts to change or starts to see other pathways and and it takes it's going to take a lot to chip away at andor whether he we can argue whether he completely changes or not by the time rogue one comes along but at least he has come to a point where he's directed his strengths in another direction i think i would argue that by the time Rogue One comes, he has obviously accepted the call to action. Sure. But, or answered the call to action. Right. However, the completion of his arc is in Rogue One. Yes. Yeah. When he opts not to kill uh, Jin Erso's dad, whose right. name I can't remember, you know. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, that. Mads Mickelson. Man, yeah, Mads. Yeah, <laughs> Han- Hannibal, Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps getting away. Uh, no. Um, yeah. Does uh, this all jibe? There, there is one thing that does this work in the same universe where an army of teddy bears defeated an imperial garrison, <laughs> and you know, does this fit in the same universe as Baby Yoda? Do Cassian and Andor, Cassian and Andor, and Baby Yoda fit comfortably in the same world? I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm glad the twain have not mixed, right? But right. it is the same setting, the same you know sure. universe, and like, I mean, part of it is that Cassian, that Andor's, there's not a whole lot of humor in this show, you no. know, no. Um, 
I mean, when it's there, it's subtle, you know. Right, right. What you telling me means watch, you know. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Like that's that was kind of funny, yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah. it was funny in a dark, dark way, yeah. you know. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I would like to think that everybody on this planet walks around with their own theme song playing in their head, right? Like we all walk around, we all see the world a little differently, and. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I have no problem fitting the two together because we're seeing this world through Cassie Nandor's eyes for the most part, and not the Mandalorian's eyes. And in the other case, we're seeing it through the Mandalorians. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I feel like there's an extension of who these characters are that's really being explored in the tone of the show and the, you know, the, the type of show it is. Um, so I, I have no problem mixing these i mean seeing that these two could live in the same universe I, no i mean i love the I mean? mandalorian yeah i don't mean to oh know. no not at all no yeah. I, yeah, I get what you're saying i get what you're asking i mean yeah like the you know bunch of uh care bears running around defeating the empire you know uh that's I'm, always I'm, bugged me since, yeah. <laughs> since 1983 that's bugged me a little you know what i mean like right that's a good movie return of the jazz i love yeah but love that's it. yeah i don't love that choice you know sure sure <laughs> uh, um so yeah it's funny because there's a lot of stuff going on online about how andor doesn't have the viewership that the other star wars shows have and it turns out that that's a bit overblown yes um that the numbers have been misreported mm-hmm. and that's not being spread like i just someone just linked to an episode to an article in forbes and the article is praising the show yeah but it's say, talking about how Andor is not performing well, but it doesn't produce any actual numbers. It doesn't even give attribution to where it's getting that from. It just that's presents it as so, if it's accepted fact. That's so sloppy. Well, mm. this is journalism. It's popular. Today. I don't yeah. want. I'm not going to freaking call out Forbes for that because right. everyone does it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um. But uh, the truth is that the numbers are better than people suspect, and there's no doubt that. There are people who go in expecting something other than what they're getting Mm -hmm. and thus tap out too early, Mm -hmm. much like The Expanse. Sure. You know, so this is if Star Wars, generally speaking, is for fans of people who grew up watching Voltron and G.I. Joe and things like Mm -hmm. that, you know, which is great. And I have no, you know, this is for fans of The Expanse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is Star Wars for those people. Well, it's either just like thinking about the uh, prequel trilogy and just kind of the nonsense politics that were shoehorned in there to show how the, you know, Palpatine becomes, you know, the emperor and in control of everything. Yeah, I didn't care about those politics. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't care about trade routes and things like this. I am 100% invested in the politics of this show. Right. Um, in the same way that I was with the expanse. Like right. I, I want to know how Mon Mothma is gonna, you know, swing this. I, you know, I want to, you know, I really like this is all really politically intriguing stuff. It's, it's, it's so well done. Can I backtrack yeah. a little bit? Yeah, and please. Bring up that dinner party was one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. in, in in most shows. Yeah, that dinner party at Mon Mothma's house, where like the number of times. Like they, the, the camera work was so exquisite mm-hmm. because it was clearly showing us every time the camera wasn't on my Mon Mothma, 
either sense that we were taking in things the way she was. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, because we got all these looks at the party itself, and her husband Perrin is in the background somewhere. Yeah. Just looking shady. Yeah. And she and she basically says to him, "He's not to be trusted." Right. To the you know, and so we know she thinks he's shady, and it sets up this really effective feeling of an unreliable narrator. Right. Because we don't know how shady he is. He might just be a shitty husband. Yeah. You know, that's all, all the evidence we have is that he's just a shitty husband, mm-hmm. but it kind of feels like he would sell her out in a heartbeat. Would he sell her out because he's already ISB or because he's just a shitty person? Yeah. You know, and it's like, and these things matter. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, and, it's and, good stuff. And what is Skarsgård's ultimate, ultimate, like kind of you know he goes into this it seems like he even like pulls a fast one on on mon mothma you know she's upset by this thing that happened and he's like it's got to happen we've got to rattle the the you know shake the bees hive if we want this to all go the way we want it to go it's such an interesting character i i feel like he sure sold he never said explicitly it's going to get really bad you know what i'm saying i don't think he ever said that to her yeah but he did say look there's going to be a point where there's no turning back yeah like i mean he said he's like what did i say to you you know and there's no doubt that mon mothma has never had dirty hands yeah you know what i'm saying and because for all that she complains to luthan when they meet Mm -hmm. in the following scene with the dinner party you get the sense she's 100 she's still in it she's still in it yeah 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 um scar scar is giving like insanely good work in this show it's Uh, so crazy like he's he's, like i haven't he's a great actor but i haven't seen him have so much fun with a a character in a few years now just that that moment he takes for the first time he goes out onto the the floor of his his job where he sort of stands there takes a moment gets into character as you know what i mean it's such a beautiful sort of shifting of uh uh jobs of personas that he has to carry and i literally have written in my notes you know and talking about just the performances you know yeah um stellan skarsgård code switching to reflect speaking to clea his assistant to mon while they think they're being observed to mon while they don't think they're being observed Uh to his brief moments of relative solitude like how it all he's like a chameleon yeah going from persona to persona and it's really really good stuff yeah he's killing it killing it I don't want to say that Star Wars has not had performers of this quality before because there have been some great actors sure. in Star Wars products sure. over the years. I do say want to say that Andor is asking more of its actors than Star Wars generally does. Yes, usually characters are much more clear-cut, a lot, a lot more singular. Yeah. Uh, and, they they follow like an archetype that's very easy to understand and follow. Yeah, and, and the duplicity is played for laughs rather than to, yeah. to increase tension. Right. You know. Right. Um. And you know, like you you get people like Stellan Skarsgård, Genevieve O'Reilly, mm-hmm. um, Fiona Shaw, and of course Diego Luna. Yes, these are all but, real yes. big actors. Yes, and I don't mean big like famous. I mean big like these are people who have carried important productions that yeah. you know that people like have wept over you know right. what i'm saying um yeah. and it's good to see 
that sort of gravitas brought to the mm-hmm. to the performances. And again, it's, this is not a statement about other performers and Star Wars things. Yeah, this is just about Andor asking more. Yeah, you know, asking for more. Um, and and in, and in turn, it does ask. It does honestly ask a little more from its audience too. Oh, for I, sure. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's asking for more, and it's delivering. Again, in like I I rewatching this episode, which I'd seen before, mm-hmm. you know. Obviously, because I was rewatching it. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, the uh, again, even knowing what was going to happen, I still had a sense of tension in every scene. Yeah. You know, like there is, you know, the, in terms of tension, and tension is all you want in when you're making movies. You know what I'm saying? Every scene should have a certain level of tension. Yeah. You know, and I'm just blown away by how effective it is it, it boggles my mind that anyone would think this was boring do you know what I, i'm saying no i know i i don't i don't get that either honestly yeah. it's yeah but I, I i honestly i think it's less about boredom and more about having the wrong expectations yeah you know yeah um i have one last note and then whatever sure. you want to bring to the table and then we can all right and it's simply that can i just applaud that with the unavoidable exception of coruscant the show has given us nothing but new no- locales. I'm so thankful we're not on no Tatooine, Tatooine again and no all that. Hot, I'm so happy. No freaking Ugh. like Ferrix, Aldani, Niamos, yeah. Morlana One. You yeah. know, like yeah, these There's are a- all new places that feel real. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, yeah. freaking uh, Ferrix is this industrial. It's like an industrial neighborhood, except it's a planet. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, Morlana One is you know home of the corporate sector yeah uh aldani this backwater freaking resource rich planet with its freaking rural and culturally rich maybe to the point of superstitious population you know yeah Yeah. and then niamos which is so much better a pleasure planet even than what we got with uh i forget the name of the planet in uh in last, Ro- jedi. Uh, last jedi i can't remember yeah. it either yeah but it uh, which was the weakest part of last jedi too yeah for me. Yeah. yeah um but uh i love i love all the new cow locales i love the way they feel i love how it feels like star wars and we haven't seen a single familiar place yeah except and, for coruscant and we've and even that looks feels different yeah and, and like we've hardly seen uh you know obviously we know who mon mothma is and we know who uh cassian andor is but outside of that we we've only heard mention of, of palpatine like once yeah um we, once. we've seen the senate hall maybe once once i think just once yeah. uh you know where she was trying to, to talk um in you know we we've barely seen stormtroopers you know they've been in a few episodes right uh and, and yet somehow i you know when when star wars came out it, it was you know the the whole fascist you know you saw it you saw you know world war ii you saw nazis you you know that was something and it, it felt in this at that time i'm sure it felt very real to people you know because we weren't but that it was far, still a cartoon but it was version. still a cartoon version exactly yeah there there's something about this series when watching it where i'm like this is happening kind of right now in the world and i don't get that a lot from star wars like you know you mentioned that the scene in in the last jedi where they go you know to this other planet and there's both uh you know rebel 
and empire there and they're all you know using their money for the same you know it's all like this big once the where's the money coming from the same place right. you know we're all buying same weapons from the same people you know there's a little bit of something there but again it was kind of a, of a weak part of the story like you were saying yeah. but there's something about this series where i'm like this is like two steps away like if the wrong person gets political power like we're there you know what i like and i haven't felt that about star wars in a long time yeah uh you know i ha i haven't i haven't and that's good science that's not just like good star wars that's good science fiction this is the first time for me yeah that the empire has really felt like the nazis yeah you know like even when it's played for last on the amos the way that you know the way that um uh, Cassian is arrested felt scary to me because I, it felt like it felt like a future that isn't that far away in the united states no it, it felt like stuff we've literally been dealing with for the it last felt like four what's years going on in places like florida do you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah um and, and we've seen we've seen shit like that in portland and other places like that where the you know the police come in as basically stormtroopers and they tear yeah. apart rallies and they you know they it's awful and and that's i'm i'm feeling echoes of that in this. and that i mean that flashback to the original clem yeah to the black guy who yeah. tells cassian stay on the sidelines and he's trying to stop people from throwing rocks at the stormtroopers and the stormtroopers turn and they never explicitly say it but we are given to know that clem was was for being in the wrong place at the wrong time was mm -hmm. executed executed right there in the, hung in the square yes you know hanged in yeah. the square rather yeah hanged um and like that's some visceral shit yeah you know it's it's heavy like that is yeah. heavy that is heavy weighty stuff that is echoing what we've been fighting against for a few a couple like a, a while now you know uh um and i i hate to go here but this is no. like everyday politics yeah uh yesterday um as early voting was beginning in florida two guys dressed in combat gear mm -hmm. basically came to intimidate blue voters and that is without exaggeration without exaggeration that is the origin of the ku klux klan yeah they came out to stop people from voting and to intimidate right. voters right those were the first actions of the kkk and there's a lot of sketchy stuff going on with the exercise of voting rights right now. And yeah. it's, it's scary. It is, you know, and it doesn't feel unintentional. It feels like what we're seeing in Andor mm -hmm. is a statement about today. Yeah. And the thing is, it could be a statement about any time, yeah. but you know, yeah. So we're seeing it and, and just, ah, I am it's, really, really loving this show. Tony Gilroy is, is, fantastic well michael clayton uh, michael clayton amazing. is a brilliant movie like it's i was about to film. mention that yeah anybody yeah. who hasn't seen michael clayton go watch michael clayton it's um, it's not a film for star wars fans but it no. is a film for andor fans yes yes um and and rogue one i yeah. mean yeah rogue one rogue one is the uh, i would say it's my third favorite star wars film yeah i would say top um, three you know it's Maybe my second favorite is hard. I think no, it's probably my second favorite. Actually, mm -hmm. I think I like it a little bit more than Last Jedi. Sure, uh, Last Jedi, which I love, is yeah. a little more flawed. Yeah. Um, uh, 
I have to say though, man, this is if you're not watching Andor, you need to be. Yeah. If you like mature storytelling. Like I don't want to yeah. say adults because I think this is good for kids. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It's just they should be mature kids. Yeah. Well, yeah. a lot of the darkness isn't showing on camera all the time. Like we talked about a, a you know, black man being executed. It happens off camera. Like yeah. the the insinuation is strong, but it, it the, the show doesn't like cross that like no line. No, it's uh, not. Yeah. It's not yeah. a graphic show. Yeah, yeah. It's still good it's, for kids. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah. but it's it it might give kids a lot to think about. Sure. You know. Sure. And I mean, can you ask for more? No, no. You know? It's good to have talks to the kids about stuff like this. I think. Yeah. It's good to have that doorway. Well, it's easy for us to say we ain't got it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got cats. I sit my cat down and be like, now, what was that scene about, Pris? <laughs> Let's see what Claire says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Well, hey, you know, you know, we, we've got Claire watching. We've got Lisa now watching. She yeah. admitted to watching the other day and, and loving it. So Lisa Kelly... endorsing the show is surprises huge. me in the in the most pleasant it's of ways huge and yeah. and that talked kelly sue into watching it so next time it might be all five of us we'll see and we might yeah we may have to come back and talk about yeah. this show again yeah i think so um and anything you want to add any hot takes any god i mean i'm i think i'm pretty much done you know yeah i i um, i mean if i were to sit long enough i could find so many things to talk about for sure. about this show you know um about the music about the, oh, the, the music the desaturated is, colors oh my the, god you know, just, you know yeah. the music is phenomenal by the way like we're not could getting, not be farther from john Williams. we're not getting the heroic themes yeah. we're not getting the epic sort of fantastical elements because it's it's not, it's that. not that kind of a it's not that movie. at all yeah. yeah uh and i'm i'm really digging what what he's doing with the score in this uh how it shifts suddenly like it feels like the music is making you feel like you're in different locations and that you're in a different story now, as opposed to connecting every scene together over the course of three films. Like, uh, and, and, but it still works like so well. Um, that sort of retro seventies stuff is great. Yeah. This show has, uh, has redeemed rise of Skywalker's abysmal attempt at introducing LGBT characters to star Wars. Uh huh. Or at least I don't know if redeemed is the right word, but it is definitely it has corrected that because now we've we've actually had a mature LGBT relationship presented in Star Wars in a way that you know, yeah, because it's not this show's not about that in that way, right? You know what I'm saying, right? And it just presents it as normal and natural, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, a, a couple of rebels who are in love, you know what yeah. I'm saying, and love it turns out to be two women, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to more of them. I want to see more of Vel and Cinta, the surviving uh-huh. survivors yes. of the Rebel Cell. I feel like we're going to. Oh, I, I feel confident we're yeah. going to. I mean, sh- they sent Vel to kill Andor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and now that he he's been taken arrested. in by the Empire, yeah. that's like, yeah, stakes go up. Let's see if they figure that out. You yeah. know, and I, I'm just I'm delighted with this yeah. show. Yeah, likewise. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you enjoyed this conversation, check out our expanding catalog of conversations and know that later this fall, we are eventually going to be diving deep into David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks with our podcast that will be called That Gum You Like. Plus, we're going to have more pop-ups whenever we feel like it. 
Oh, we might mention also that we will be at Los Angeles Comic Con this December. We can right. we're going to have two panels. Uh, we don't know the exact days or times yet. One is going to be about how we um, use the, the things that we love and the conversations that we have in our own work. And the other one, speaking of Ryan Johnson, we're going to do a live podcast pop-up about his Knives Out uh, film um, with the sequel coming about out. The, the, no, the, original, the original. The original Knives yeah, Out About film. Knives yeah. Out, not exactly. Glass Yes, yeah. exactly. To prepare you for, last, for Glass Yes, again. exactly. Um, so you can see us there in person, live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we were going to record it. So, you yeah. know, if you don't get to see us live, you can go looking for it a little bit after the LA Comic <laughs> <Yeah>. Con. <laughs> um, the best thing you can do for, what is, for details, when you want to find out when exactly we're going to be scheduling our panels, when we're going to launch that gum you, rat, you like, uh, is follow us at Popsicle Pod on all the social media uh, or wherever it gets you podcasts. Follow the podcast. Uh, join our newsletter at popsiclepod.com. That's P-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. Um, may the force be with you because it sure ain't with Andor. <laughs> this has been a Popsicle Podcast production. <laughs>